Sports Talk Radio for the Brainerd Lakes. 1380 KLIZ AM. Brainerd Baxter, the fan. It's time for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Featuring Colin McDonald and Chris Foley. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, The Tea Hive, The Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. And now, here's Chris Foley and Colin McDonald for Lakeswoods and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and streaming at Lakes, Woods, and Irons, thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM. Also at Podcast One these days. Uh, Chris with me after a, an exciting uh, major. It ended up being a little more exciting than Brooks Kepka might have wanted it, but uh, it looked like uh, kind of the tiger of old for a while there when when Brooks was walking away from the field after two or three days having the uh, five and six and seven shot leads was uh, yeah that just doesn't happen on the PGA no, Tour. No, it doesn't happen much on the PGA Tour, and it especially doesn't happen in a, in a major. It was uh, reminiscent of of Tiger at Pebble Beach back in uh, I think two thousand two when he you know I think won won the U.S. Open by twelve shots. Yeah, I just blitzed the field. Yes. He did it at the Masters one time too. So yeah, Kepka. But then uh, one of the old adages in golf, Chris. Uh, it's hard to really string it together for 72 holes. Well, he'd been a pretty phenomenal for 54 holes. And then uh, DJ was really the only guy making any birdies out there and got it within maybe four or maybe five. And and then Kepka's uh, uh, the lug nuts came loose on the on the wheels there. Yeah, you know, things mo- got a little shaky momentarily. I think through twelve hole or twelve or thirteen holes, uh, it was only a one shot difference. Yeah, and then then Kepka did make a birdie and kind of got it back to two, and then then things uh, changed a little bit. But he was definitely uh, Brooks was definitely leaking oil. Yeah, there, and, and Johnson was playing extremely well. So yeah, Johnson had sixty nine, and there really anybody up on the top. He was the only one. At 69, nobody went really high, but uh, uh, List and Kepka were the highest of the uh, top finishers with 74s. I guess Adam Scott shot a 74 as well, but uh, I think everybody watching is thinking, uh, did Brooks Kepka just make four bogeys in a row? Yeah. Because uh, it didn't seem like he was going to make any mistakes. No. No, he he played phenomenally well, and um, you know it's such, his strength is such an advantage on that golf course. Not necessarily from the length standpoint, but out of the rough, the rough is so thick uh, that you know a, a guy like uh, uh, Zach Johnson, who played extremely well, but if he had it in the rough, he wasn't advancing it. You know, I mean he he could get a wedge out of there, but not you know. Five six iron like Kepka can. Yeah, it, uh, he had a couple of uh, different lies in the rough where they just talked about the incredible strength that he had. He goes sixty three sixty five to open and uh, never looks back really until uh, maybe the back nine on Sunday when at least he had a glimpse over his shoulder. He never gave up the lead. Yeah, he could uh, he, he could hear footprints in the background, but uh, never got not got that close. Would have been uh, pretty close, really. Big names at the top again, like always in majors. I think you had said last week that uh, was it eighteen out of the last nineteen have been in the top twenty-five right. of the uh, any major. Uh, Dustin was right there. He was two back. Jordan Spieth, 
had a nice tournament. Nice to see Jordan right there. He uh, finished tied for third. Uh, Kuchar was there. So was Rory. So uh, the big names in golf seemed to uh, rise to the occasion, and uh, they did again. But Kepka was just extraordinary, and uh, you have to start talking about him in all-time terms here pretty quick. He's won four out of the last nine he's played in, I think. Yeah, four, four out of the last nine, and um, you know, he missed missed a major. He missed uh, uh, right. the Masters last year with a with an injury. So, uh, really, four. Uh, he's won four out of the last eight that he's played in. <laughs> right, and four of the last nine total. So uh, phenomenal. And and Spieth had a great tournament. That that is actually Spieth's best finish since the Masters a year ago. So third, third place is his best finish, and he was number one in strokes game putting. Uh, actually, by a better – his strokes game putting right now is better right now than it was in uh, uh, three years ago or four years ago when he had the best year ever in putting. So uh, hopefully he's got his putting problems behind him. He's just got to get to – his approach play and his driver a little better. So. Yeah, yeah, and he's just, uh, he's another one. You talk about the rough, and uh, uh, I mean, he's a phenomenal talent, but he, he's not strong like Kepka and Johnson are. No, that's for sure. <laughs> They're cut from a different cloth, those yes. two guys. So, yeah, impressive. Uh, Kepka, where do you put him? Uh, you know, everybody wants more uh, uh, flamboyance or, you know, I don't know, I just can't get behind him. I'm listening to Colin Coward on Fox, and I think, how good do you want the guy to be? Yeah, you know yeah. he's he's extraordinary the last three years and uh, in majors and and he says yeah I'm not as good in everyday tournaments. Well, who cares? Yeah, right. <laughs> he uh, he's certainly not Andy North. Yeah, who won two two U.S. Opens, but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting how he rises to the occasion of of the majors. And, um, you know, I, th- I think a lot of it is just he has not had a great relationship with the press. Yeah. Uh, and not that he has a bad relationship, but he just doesn't give them much to much to uh, write about or talk about and kind of keeps everything low key. And uh, he certainly is in the interview that Rory McIlroy is or Jordan Spieth. And, uh, you know, even Dustin Johnson has has become a much better interviewer than he once was and gives us some insight into his, uh, what he's doing. So he's kind of that interesting modern day athlete too, that they all seem to want to have uh, to pretend the world's against him, you know, he's got the chip on his shoulder, and you know, well, why shouldn't I be number one? And uh, Golden State Warriors, the refs are all out to get us. <laughs> right. but, yeah, well, sure they are. Yeah, you guys are the best, and and he's proving that as well. But he like he said that again when he heard the crowd cheering for Dustin on Sunday in the back nine. He kind of thought, ah, I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? If you, if you know what motivates you, um, keep doing it. Plus, he's starting to talk a little more, which I like. I think it'll probably help him, like his solutions for slow play. You know, I think that's good. Bring that conversation up. You're one of the best in the world, so do it. He's definitely put himself out there more this year. And, um, you know, this year, much more so in the past, he's not afraid to to say something a little controversial, which is that that's only going to help him. Yeah, exactly right. I think so, too. So, yeah, phenomenal performance and uh, just put Kepka up in the uh, – until somebody uh, starts knocking him off on a regular basis, put him right up at the top. That slow play argument, that's a, that's a good one. He had that – I think maybe we talked about it on the show, but he said he's not afraid to, like, go to the, go to the bathroom on number three. <laughs> 
and wait long enough until they get war- warned so that his group can play at the pace he wants to play? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. I like his strategy. <laughs> I'm going to use that one. <laughs> Not bad. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. We've got uh, Glenn Hagberg coming up with us from the Classic and uh, also Paul Guy from Callaway. Very interesting conversation. We'll be back with those right after this. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, streaming at KLIZ.com. Thanks to our sponsor, MillsAuto.com. Special guest with us, Chris, a good pal of yours and uh, becoming a good pal of mine the last several years. Glenn Hagberg from The Classic is here. Glenn, welcome, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. We're just discussing uh, off mic the beautiful weather we've had in May <laughs> and uh, how that affects the golf game. But uh, also the golf courses, of course, the classic uh, uh, should get right to it. I guess you just had the top 100 come out and uh, uh, the classic there it was right in the middle of the pack again, which is just incredible. Yeah, always something we've placed a lot of value in because we think that they do a, uh, you know, it's a very credible ranking and it's very thorough and compared to the other rating systems around the country, um, they have more raters, they're more extensive, um, and it's they really have a good science behind it. And so um, I think that it carries a lot of weight and uh, the Classic came in at number 59 this year and that goes for the next two years and uh, it's just, uh, you know, when you think of there being about 20,000 golf courses around the United States and, and being in the top 100, um, it's pretty special. Yes, it is. It's no question special. about it. Very special. And, you know, with, we were talking off here with all the new great golf courses coming online to maintain that type of ranking is is really a, a nice honor for the classic and speaks volumes. Yeah, I, you know, when the when the you know the ratings coming out in May and when you know you see it normally hit your social media first and you you know click on it and you start scrolling down and and this year to see all the the you know the trend going towards these dunes and and uh prairie style golf courses and uh you know I think it was six or eight new golf course you know brand new golf courses popped on the list in the top 50 I was going this is not good for a you know lakes and woods golf course and then you know we basically held our spot from two years ago um you know it's I guess it's a it's uh it's always you've always heard it said that it's a a design and a course that would stand the test of time um but I think uh you know that really becomes a lot more meaningful this coming ranking that um you know the holes that were designed there in the land that was built on is is a you know truly a golf course that will stand the test of time so we can't do dunes up here we got too many trees <laughs> <laughs> what's uh what's nice though is we are sand on sand which That's is true which makes a big difference for the the conditions of our golf course and uh how they drain and how they grow and all that so yeah. all, all the most of the great golf courses in the world are built on sand That's right so, Glenn, you've got um, – tell us about some of the, the what lies ahead in the summer here. Hopefully we'll get to summer. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> hasn't right. been much of a spring, but despite the weather, we, we've had a fair amount of play. Yeah, it's been it's been all right. Um, certainly it helps that the golf courses I, in the entire area have really come through um, 
uh, probably one of the best springs ever is certainly as far as we're concerned, the course woke up this spring, just mint. And, uh, and so things are playing great and, and now things are really starting to grow. And so, um, looking ahead, it, it really looks to be a great summer, uh, coming up. Uh, this weekend is our big tournament of the year. Our, <clears throat> excuse me, our parent child. It's our 13th annual. And, uh, uh, that is a 9 a.m. shotgun start for our 18-hole event, and then we've got two flights of our might flight, our nine-hole uh, tournament, which is um, that will start at 9:30 and 11:30, and that's designed for um, kids ages 12 years and under to be able to play with a parent and that's a scramble tournament and super fun and really really good field for this year um we are down to like our last couple spots in uh both of those divisions so uh if anyone is interested in playing um you can get a hold of us right away or but uh certainly a very fun family event and and a nice weekend to be able to you know in a nice way to be able to spend time with a parent or child so I, I've heard that uh, Jack and Glenn Hagberg are the team to beat in that. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this year Jack Hagberg is going to be playing with Melissa Hagberg, okay. and they are going to have uh, some big time competition from Glenn Hagberg and Emma Hagberg. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. And there's money on the line. Family bragging rights and cash on the line. I like that. <laughs> Glenn, we were talking just before uh, we went on uh, a par-3 tournament uh, set up with Walleye Dan this year. That's something new that's on your calendar. Yeah, uh, we have talked about it for about a year internally at Madden's, and then, um, you know, just through the relationship with Walleye Dan and Kids Against Hunger, um, we formed a partnership. And so the last weekend in August, Saturday uh, August 24th, an afternoon shotgun start is going to be a really, really fun um, tournament. It's going to be 18 hole, 18 par three holes. Holes will range from 150 to 200 yards, and uh, there will be prizes basically, you know, $5,000 to $10,000 for a hole in one on each prize uh, or on, on each hole if there is a hole in one. Um, closest to pin on every hole is going to have a very nice prize uh and then the the 18 closest to pin winners um at the big fish fry cookout afterwards that'll be out in front of the clubhouse they're going to go back out to hole number nine and and 18 um 18 people are going to have one shot at a at a one hundred thousand dollar hole in one in front of the whole gallery. Wow. So I think it's going to be it's a fun tournament format. We've researched them quite a bit, and um, we're we're very excited about it. It's something certainly unique and and uh, you know a bit competitive. So, so Glenn, is the is it just an individual event, or you play as a team? Or so the the uh, format is really just. Individ- it's it's hole in one and closest to pin. So we're not having a team format. Um, you're you're playing for hole in ones and you're playing for that shot. Um, uh, a skins game will be an optional thing on the side, but then and then the big uh, big shot at the end to try to get yourself into that, and and then of course um, supporting a great cause uh, with kids against hunger. hunger so. And kind of fun for everybody that's played that great golf course. Now you go to uh, maybe a spot you haven't really hit in from before, 
Yeah, in my case, you know, I'm I'm either 200 yards away or or off somewhere in the weeds. So I'm never at the 150 yard marker. Can, yeah. can you arrange to have the tee boxes about max three wood length every time? <laughs> You know, I think one of the things that um, is most exciting in planning this, uh, and it kind of comes into those top 100 ratings, is the shot values coming into the greens. And so, um, you know, there's just, there's a, the approaches coming into the greens um, have a lot of great visuals and a lot of great movement. And so, um, you know, setting all those holes up, I think are, are you're going to see the golf course a little bit differently, but those shots coming into the greens, it's really going to set those up for some fun shots. That's where the you know the ball is going to get on the ground and you know funnel and roll. So, I know you guys both have a passion for uh, youth golf and a lot of things going on this summer that you guys work together on. Let's talk about that for a minute. Awesome. Uh, I I love it. Obviously, my kids are in it, and um, we've got some things going at Madden's and throughout the area. And it's uh, my son's been doing Chris's junior high program, and and uh, so it's just it's very fun to see a ten year old becoming very engaged in golf, and you know to kind of like hope say the right thing, but to be looking at some other kids that now he's I mean he's got a marked he's got a bullseye on the back for sure <laughs> and he's trying to figure out how to get better and really that's what I mean that's what makes the game of golf so much fun and and junior golf so much fun for me and everything that uh, you know we do during the summer with juniors so I'm looking forward to a, a great summer with um, you know my kids and a few of the others around the courses and and some of the things that we do jointly like the uh, golf of Palooza, so Chris, you've got uh, three of your own. They're a little bit older, but uh, they kind of got uh, that competitive instinct to I want to be better than that guy <laughs> right over there. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've been so lucky with my kids because they've loved. They've all loved the game so much, and and uh, you know, as a golf professional, it's ho- it's always a fine line how how much you want to push your kids. Sure. And so I, I've always, you know, it's always been available for them, but I, it, they've never been pushed into it. And uh, fortunately for me, they've all, all developed a love for it. And uh, all are highly competitive when it comes to, you know, wanting to be better and, and uh, have success. So it's, it's, it's really fun to be able to watch that. And like Glenn, to be able to play with your kids is just sure. the best. It's a good thing to love it or they'd never see you. <laughs> 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 that's that's what's been so great about where I, where I live. I live at Madden's, and uh, you know, and it was the golf professional at Madden's. It was just a a quick walk down the tenth fairway, and they'd be out at the driving range. And as I, you know, when when I moved away and then moved back into the area, we still had our same house, and and it's just a. Short ride to to Craigan, so I've always been fortunate that my kids have hung out with me all day. So, Glenn, you've got the uh, a great option there for uh, a, a different levels of golf with the East and West, and then the Classic, and uh, obviously the Classic, the toughest test of those three. But the other two venues, really, uh, really good for youth golf, and not that they can't play the Classic, but it's a tough place to start. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's one of the real nice things is the the east and the west golf courses. You know, the area that or the era that those golf courses were designed was when you know um, 
uh, they were built to score, you know, and they were built for the game yeah. to be enjoyable and for people to be able to get around. And so, uh, yeah, they're great. They're great golf courses for, um, you know, juniors and people to be able to learn the game on. Um, and, uh, you know, and they're, they're, you know, just always in great shape. And the, you know, transition from Scott Hoffman, uh, over the past 43 years to, Lucian, uh, this year has been, you know, a great transition and, and credit to Scott for making, uh, you know, that such a reputable position that there was, you know, someone, um, as highly regarded as Lucian that was, you know, looking to, uh, you know, step into that role. And, and, uh, you know, I've, I've just, it's funny. I've thought of it as, uh, uh, their their personalities are very similar. They're just you know easygoing, hardworking guys, and um, so it's been a pretty seamless transition. But uh, credit to Lucian and his staff this fall um, for or, I'm sorry this spring for having the uh, courses in the shape that they're in. So yeah, the uh, built to score. I remember when Chris and I interviewed the four legends of golf around here: Grandview and Rutgers and Maddens and Craigans. And uh, Brian said at the time, in those days, if we could have dug a trench to the hole, we would have. <laughs> <laughs> so you can make a shot from anywhere on, on the course, you know. So, yeah, built the score. And uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka is a sponsor of our 19th hole every week. And, uh, Glenn, certainly you've got some great uh, options, different venues around Madden's that uh, people can enjoy the 19th hole. And uh, just have a great day. Yeah, the... Uh, uh the restaurants always have a good reputation for um, their food and service. Uh, all of our chefs are are uh, uh, returning from last year, so Zane is down at Mission Point. Our new, uh, uh, what was new, brand new last year, um, fresh seafood uh, right out on the point on the lake, um, and that is going to be officially opening uh, here for the season this Memorial Weekend. Uh, Chef Daryl is back at the Classic. Um, which uh, I think any of our locals would tell you that's one of the top three restaurants in the area for sure. And and uh, Chef Bob and his crew over at the resort at, at Fairways in the 19th hole and um, Parfecto Pizza if you need a pizza when you're out on the lake as well. So, yeah, a lot of great options and, and some restaurants with some really good reputation. So. Probably a guy can get a cool one at a couple of those spots. Might be able to. We allow that. <laughs> nice new menu at the Classic as well. Yeah, the, the they've done a nice job of, you know, um, I think our chefs, uh, especially this winter, um, have done a nice job of, you know, getting out and, and um, you know, visiting some of the best of the best restaurants um, in the Twin Cities and around and uh, coming up with some new ideas. So, yeah. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of nice new things. Um, I think I have honed in on my uh, lunch favorite at the classic: the uh, mahi sandwich on a pretzel bun. Nice. Uh, highly recommended. <laughs> there you go. You know, we tape this around noon, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to take a break <laughs> <laughs> and all head for the classic grill. Lenny, uh, how do people get a hold of you? They want to uh, book some rounds over the course of the summer and uh, easy to do, I'm sure. Tea times can be made and anything that you ever wanted to know about Madden's at uh, www.maddens.com. Perfect. Thanks for coming in, Glenn. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thank you, Glenn. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ. The fan. 
Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and streaming at KLIZ.com. Thanks to our sponsor, MillsAuto.com, and now available at Podcast One. Chris, very special guest, and uh, I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, I want to welcome to the show Paul Guy. Paul is with uh, Callaway Golf R&D, and specifically in the golf ball department, and uh uh, Paul has a, a little bit of a Minnesota tie going to grad school at St. Cloud State. So welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, thanks, man. It's uh, it's it's nice to be called a very special guest too. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my connections actually much deeper than just St. Cloud State. My dad grew up in Little Falls. Oh yeah. Um, my parents both went to school in Northfield. So did I. So you know, I, I spent some time there. Little Falls. That's right down the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, Paul, t- tell tell us about about your background and what you do at Callaway. Okay, um, I started. I, I finished at Saint Cloud probably nineteen ninety five. I started at Callaway in nineteen ninety six. So it's been a while. Um, been at the company since before five five maybe five years before we had a golf ball. Um, Early on, I was working on the club R&D side, uh, developing measurement systems and doing test development. Because back in those days, it was pre-track man, and so if you had a question, if you wanted to understand something about how golf works, you know, at high speeds, or uh, you, you kind of had to develop um, a measurement system yourself in-house. Um, otherwise, you could just sit around for for five years, ten years, and wait for track man to come out with their product. So Callaway had the resources um, to develop our own measurement systems. I did a little bit of work there, outdoor tracking system and, and doing some motion capture work. Um, just expanding our ability to measure new things. Um, but more recently, you know, my focus has been on, on the players, less on, on the equipment and more on the players, uh, working with tour pros, understanding the way they play the game, the way they see the shots, the way they deliver the clubs. And just making sure the golf balls that we give them um, work. Yeah, I think one thing that most people don't realize is, uh, like with the Callaway Chrome Soft, you you have you know several versions that are used on the PGA Tour to meet the specific players' characteristics of their game. Correct? Yes. Yeah, and it's it's not it's not as simple as say you know what's that player's head speed. A lot of it is. It's it's what is what's his angle of attack? Um, what is his what's his wedge game like? Is this a player that that uh, rips full wedges off the back of the green and, and wants the the golf ball to help him with that, not fight him with that? Um, there are a lot of considerations that we we take into account um, in trying to in developing developing sorry developing the line that we offer to our to our tour players and and, and then fitting them in into those golf balls. So what what is what is that process like? How how do you, if a uh, you know like Phil Mickelson when he he's kind of one of your flagship players when he when you come out with a new golf ball, what's the process that you go about finding the right ball for him? Well, it's it's different with Phil for a couple reasons uh, because he lives locally. First of all, so we have access. You know, we, we see him a lot more often than we do the guys who live in Florida. Uh, for example, um, also because he's he he loves it. He loves to get into the details, and he knows what he wants. So he likes to work with us, um, tell us what he wants, and then we figure out how to get there. And so with him, it's a lot more hands-on, and sometimes he he gets something a little different than the other players. And, and he has 
everybody knows he's got a great short game. He can spin the ball um, at will. He can spin any golf ball. So he, he in particular, wants a golf ball that doesn't spin too much um, because that would work against him rather than with him. Sure. And how, how about how about a guy like Xander Shoffley when when he came to Callaway? How, how did he you determine what ball to put in him? Um, he's another guy that, fortunately for us, he lives locally. So we have more <laughs> access to him. Sure. Uh, really, those are the only two guys we see on a fairly regular basis because they're both kind of San Diego based. Um, you know, you, you understand what he's been playing the last you know couple of years in terms of golf balls the way he likes to play the game. You measure some things. Um, you know, you go through the bag and you measure. You talk to him about what he thinks are his strengths and his weaknesses. He and his dad both have a really good sense for that. Um, and then, you know, here's here's a golf ball that will maybe strengthen your weaknesses and, and not hurt your strengths. Sure. You know, I think I think golf balls are the least understood technologically because the, the you can't see the technology other than the dimple. Uh, on the golf ball, and you know, the the first time I really realized it was maybe 15 years ago. You had sent me some prototype golf balls, a couple different kinds, and I was hitting pitch shots with them, and I was amazed at the difference in the trajectory between the two balls. So, yeah. you know, how, as somebody as somebody looks at golf balls, and and Cal, I guess you've got, uh, you know, there's the there's a Chrome Soft, there's the ERC Soft, Super Soft. The, Truvis, you know, all these different golf balls. How would, how does somebody go about choosing what's best for them and identifying the different characteristics? It's so it, it's difficult, and I, I kind of I feel for people who are struggling with that. And the best analogy I can think of is is when I'm when I need a light bulb, and I go in this in the hardware store, <laughs> and I stand in front of that display, and it's thirty yards long. <laughs> right, that's a great and, analogy. So, you know, <laughs> And I know it's going to take me an hour, and I'm probably going to leave with the wrong one. Um, you know, I can perceive the difference between soft white and daylight, but I don't know which one I need, and I don't know which one I have in my kitchen at home. So it's it's a lot like that, I'm sure, for a lot of people. It's, it's difficult, and there's confusion out there. Um, you have to understand, you know, what it is you're looking for, what kind of player you are. Are you, you know, just trying to get the ball up in the air and hit it straight? And, you know, maybe when you miss it, you want it to feel a little better. Or are you looking for more distance control on green side spin, uh, but maybe you still want the ball to, be, to fly straight and feel soft? Or are you okay with a firmer feel, looking for more consistency in trajectory and distance, you know, a better scoring ball, so that kind of thing? And within anybody's line, whether it's ours or our competitors, all those balls are probably in the line, and they're probably at different price points. And that's another thing you have to consider is what price point are you, are you comfortable with? Um, so, you know, whether that's what it says on the, on the packaging or not, it's, it's hard to explain that stuff in a couple of square inches on the packaging or on the website. Um, but part of it is, is what kind of player are you and what do you want the ball to help you do? How do you see, uh, how do you see a wedge shot? You know, do you like to, to, do you miss on the right side all the time? So you have room to roll the ball towards the hole. Um, you know, if, if you... If you like to flight your wedges low and you, you don't like to see the ball jump up off the wedges, that's you know that definitely helps narrow your choices. Um, because some some types of golf balls will uh, launch high automatically, and that's good for some players. But other players are looking for a low launch off the wedge, 
and you know, there's some some golf balls that want to launch that way, and others that don't. It's a fascinating career on your side, Paul. You go from uh, the tech technical side of things and now you're 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 mixing the technical with personalities of golfers basically it's got to be what a guy like is phil a guy who tinkers with his game all the time you know i'm a fan of phil's a fan of golf he finds his game you know about every two years something happens that he found and now he's got it so he loves to tinker and i'm sure that is that fun for you guys to do it that way or would you want somebody who uh, sticks with it. <laughs> it. No, it's it's great. I mean, um, if he didn't want to change golf balls ever, um, it wouldn't. My job wouldn't be as interesting as it is, you know. And and his ability to perceive small differences. You know, if if the golf R and D team is going to spend hours and hours designing and building in small performance differences into the balls, and you know nobody can appreciate them, nobody can bring them out. Maybe you feel like, well, why did we just do that? But you get a good guy, guy like Phil, and he brings them out, and he appreciates them, and he knows that they'll make him play better. So it's a lot more satisfying to know that all the you know, blood, sweat, and tears, all the work you put in, he's going to bring it out, and he's going to play better. Then where is that cutoff? It's a, say, a 10 to 20 handicapper uh, that the ball can make a difference for them as well. They don't maybe don't realize that you're playing golf for many years and then you think you change balls and you think that that actually does work better for me. Yeah, it's I don't know if it's as simple as handicap because you know you take a dozen 10 handicaps and their strengths are going to be different. Sure. Uh, you know, you guys players who can't hit the ball very well off the tee but they they save themselves, they save a lot of strokes around the green or maybe vice versa. And so it's not as simple as what handicap can, can get more out of a golf ball. It, it, you know, I think a good golf ball, especially like a, say, a urethane-covered ball, definitely has performance benefits over a Serlin-covered ball. And it's a question of, okay, is that going to save me one shot around or is it going to save me five shots around? It, that, the answer depends on what kind of player you are, what kind of course you're playing, how you happen, you know, what, what, your, uh, what your trouble shots happen to be on that day. I'll take the five shot ball, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> we have it. We have one. <laughs> Paul, all the testing and the time you spent with spend with the tour players, how does that trickle down to what you're offering the general consumer? Um, our history the last couple of years, we'll have a golf ball that we're trying out on tour, and then it may come to retail a year later. So the recent history has been that. So we'll. We'll validate it, make sure it's, make sure that uh, that those guys like it and play well with it, and then decide. Yeah, it's 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 a good ball for retail. Particularly like the X version, Chrome Soft X. That's been the history of that ball. Is is tour validated before we start to sell it? Sure. And you mix in the marketing side too. I, I like the stripe on the uh, ball. It looks great on TV. I think, and I'm kind of a Callaway golf ball guy anyway. So. And the guy got to get some cool ones with stripes on them. <laughs> Paul, that's a hint that I've got to bring him some golf balls next week for the show. <laughs> I burned through yeah. them fairly quick, you might guess. <laughs> Paul, so those, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. So the the triple track, we call that triple track, and those are they're more powerful than you might imagine. Um, you know, if you if you play golf with a sharpie line through the side stamp, and you know you, you try to aim a single line down the middle of the hole. From behind the ball, I mean, you get over the putt, and it looks like you know. I'm I'm sure that line is somewhere between left edge and right edge, but I, I, I'm not confident in where it is. You're not going to make as good a stroke uh, with the triple track. 
you get over the ball and you see the one line is the left edge, the other line is at the right edge, and, and the, the center lines are down the center. Um, I, I've seen, I've had this experience myself, and you just you just make a better stroke, and you're more likely to make that putt. Yeah, I think so three if, lines greater than one. Absolutely, Paul. That, that's one of the great innovations you've you've got in golf balls this year. Tell us about some of the others that the the bigger ball isn't. Or what's what's the one? That's, oh yes. Okay, so you're talking about the Magna. Magna. Yeah, I'm sorry. So <laughs> in the past, uh, Magna was was a uh, so we, we own the name Top Flight, and in the past, Magna was is marketed as a as a Top Flight. Yeah. But now we brought it to Supersoft. So super soft magna, oversized golf ball, uh, still conforms to the rules of golf because the rules of golf um, say that you can't make the golf ball small, but you you can make it larger. And it's it's just the kind of ball where if you uh, lack a little bit of confidence in your striking, whether it's a full shot or around the greens, just knowing you might hit it one groove higher makes you you make a better pass at it. You hit it a little better. That's kind of the effect of a larger ball. It, it sits up off the ground a little bit better, and you know, if, if you believe you're going to hit one one groove higher because the ball is bigger, you might just hit it one groove higher. No, there, I think there's a lot to it. It's definitely for people who have a struggle to get the ball up in the air. It's definitely easier to get up in there because of that. Just what you're saying, you can hit a little higher on the face and um, make more contact, and it goes hard, higher and further. So. Mm-hmm. How about tell us about some of the other golf balls? Um, well, we have Super Soft, which is uh, just a champ. It just kind of keeps keeps on chugging along. We that ball's been out four or five years and has done really really well for us. Um, new this year, so the first ball that we we marketed with Triple Track is ERC Soft. That's kind of a new construction, new price point for us. Um, it's a nice, it sits right between the traditional Sterling covered two or three piece balls and their price point and the, the premium urethane. And it, uh, it probably plays a little bit more like the urethane than it does like the, the lower price Sterling balls. So, uh, good soft feel, but not too soft and very good iron distance and, uh, nice low driver spin. I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it straighten out players. Who uh, you, know, you turn a, a banana slice into a plantain or some smaller fruit? <laughs> Not uh, as far into the weeds, yeah. Yeah, it's been so much less. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Paul, we really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your knowledge. And every time I talk to you, I learn a little something. So you, you're very welcome. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm glad to have the invitation. Thanks a million, Paul. That was fun. Yeah, Paul Paul Guy from Callaway Golf R and D. That's very interesting stuff. And I'm going to get five shots better with that new golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ. The fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. Thanks to uh, Glenn Hagberg, our guest uh, today from the Classic and Maddens, and Paul Guy, our Callaway, uh, our Callaway. Uh, I don't know what his title is now, but he's uh, he's got an interesting career. I love it that he went from the tech side to kind of the golf personality side, where you're trying to combine the two. You talk to one of the greats of golf and say, all right. What would you like us to do? Yeah, it's he, he's got a, a fascinating job, and Paul is a, just a fantastic guy and so knowledgeable, and I love talking to him because I learn something every time I talk to him. 
One thing about club guys, one thing's kind of fun that actually uh, today, as we air this, Chris, you have demo day at, uh, or Cragen says demo day, and it's a great day. I went out uh, the last couple of years and uh, ended up getting some clubs in my bag, and it's just a great opportunity to go out and uh, swing what's new and uh, see if it fits your game, and some do, some don't, but uh, certainly some do, and that's uh, get out and find the clubs that work for you. Yeah, it's it's really it's a fun day because you can hit you know every everything that all the manufacturers have, and uh, we're there to help fit in. Uh, you know, we've we've really we've kind of expanded the event. We're going to have some live music, and Prairie Bay is going to be out serving kind of their uh street food or uh sure good and uh it should be a great day we're, we're, we've got some new technology that we're using for putting fitting as well which i'm excited to to get going with so and that's uh today so uh, people can come out uh, until when today Ele- 11 to 4 today yeah perfect oh. so yeah get out there play a little golf this is if you're listening uh, on a podcast this is saturday <laughs> saturday morning may 25th there you go <laughs> uh we just were uh, off mic talking about uh, uh what it's like to play and what has been such a wet spring and uh in a way it's been nice for the beauty of the golf courses to come through the the uh, greens were fine over the winter which twin cities had some disastrous yeah. uh, some disastrous things turn out with their greens just the ground uh, uh, froze too early and that kind of thing. And here we had some snowpack before everything got really cold and the greens are all perfect. So all we need is some sunshine, Chris. Boy, things are going to explode once we we do get some warm weather because we've had so much uh, so much moisture and uh, things are ready to pop. You can kind of gear up and play in the rain, though. A lot of guys do it. Uh, from a north, I'm a northwest guy originally, and uh, there was plenty of days playing in the drizzle there. So you can... Uh, Get some decent uh, go, get rain gear and get out there. Yeah, huh? you know, if, I think if if you don't play in some of this stuff, it, it's not very fun in playing in forty in rain. But if it's a little warmer, it. Uh, I, I've always personally enjoyed playing in that weather and played some of my best golf in that weather because I didn't let. Uh, I never let the elements bother me. And but uh, you know, if if you dress right and you have the right equipment. It's, uh, you're gonna have just as much fun and you, you just have to, you know, there's some great new rain gloves that you can wear that are, um, the wetter they get, the tackier they get. So they're, they're great and you don't, you don't lose the club and, uh, you just gotta, what I've learned is you just have to really dress in layers. And, uh, you know, if you, if you dress in a few layers and have a good, uh, good rain jacket and, and rain pants, you're, you're just fine out there. You know, for a clothes horse like you, Chris, Dressing in layers is like your favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Nothing better than a couple of cashmere sweaters. And <laughs> you can start with your, yeah. your lovely Brian and go, how's the t-shirt look, honey? <laughs> All right, next layer. How's this one? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right, though. We are used to dressing in layers in Minnesota, so uh, whether it's fall or winter. But I agree about the playing in the rain isn't so bad. If it's a warm enough temp, we just got to get it up above 50, and then I think everybody will be happy. Yeah, you know, it's it's probably the uh, little bit of that love of uh, Scottish and Lynx golf. When when you go over there, they play they play no matter what the weather is, and it's just as busy when it's uh, cold and rainy out as it's on a sunny day. So uh, uh, I think we need, we need to take a little more of their attitude. Last year we had um, Aiden Smith on, a young uh, Scotsman or Englishman, English slash Scotsman, on the show, and uh, I've seen him on Facebook a little bit. He's uh, he's having some success, Chris. Yeah, I'll tell you, Aiden's had a, he's having a real good spring here. He just qualified for uh, uh, it's called the Brassic Championship, which is uh, kind of the basically the all 
England Championship, and it's very hard to get get into. They go off of world amateur ranking points, and then they have some small qualifier. They do half the field on ranking points, and the the other half of the field is is based on some qualifiers. And it's uh, it's very difficult to to get in because there's so few qualifiers. So he'll, he's got that coming up next week, and um, he's off to a good start for his his summer season. As we speak, it's kind of getting right into the heart of uh, golf season in high school as far as the playoffs go and trying to get to the state tournament and those kind of things. We've talked a few times this year about so many good young golfers in the area. We've probably got a half dozen schools that could maybe send a kid or two to the state tournament this year. And uh, boys, again, uh, did put six kids under 80 again, the Brainerd Warrior Boys golf team, just this last week. And they were within four of Alexandria, which is the closest they've come this year. So... That's got to be a little uh, hopeful in the competitive nature of uh, the boys. Yeah, I think uh, the boys are, they're all really starting to peak. And uh, what's, what's great is they, every, every tournament or every meet, they've got, you know, four or five kids, and it's a variety of kids that all, can all shoot, you know, low 70s. And um, all they need is a day or two that, where they can do that. And, and they're so close to Alexander, which is the, you know, kind of the powerhouse of the conference that it, you know getting that state berth is very possible and uh, boy our girls are right there as well yeah they, they, you know they the, uh, alexander girls are the best girls in the conference in our section and um our our girls beat beat alexander last week one time and they finished second to them a number of times so things are uh moving in the right direction for warrior golf so how big a smile did your daughter katie have on her face when she shot was it 35 on the back nine <laughs> yeah 35 at the class she she was she was pretty happy with that and it's you know there there's so many in golf, you play well so few times compared to what your expectations are. Right, yeah. You know, it's so rare. So when you do have a nice round like that, you, you better take the opportunity to savor that and kind of uh, mark that, so to speak, put that in the memory bank so that you can you can repeat that. So Yeah, that's very true. It uh, was certainly my case, and I went unconscious one uh, day my junior year in high school and shot 36 39 and 75 and we were qualifying that day so i got to play in the tournament that week but do you think i could find that 36 <laughs> for, for about 13 or 14 more years before i did it again it's in there Mac. <laughs> <laughs> well now it's been a while so but let's get back to it with uh, with your help chris God willing, and the creeks don't rise. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Chris, uh, another week in the books. So uh, thanks again to uh, Glenn Hagberg from the Classic and Paul Guy from Callaway. And thank you, Chris. Thank you, Mick. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, the Tea Hive, the Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. We now return to our regularly scheduled program at the Lake Sports Talk 1380 KLIZ, The Fan.